0: Today, we chat to the Romford Bull professional boxer, Johnny Fisher. Johnny is the most recent graduate we've spoken to so far, but you wouldn't know it with the maturity and composure with which he speaks. Having made his professional debut in February, Johnny has big plans for 2021. We chat about his sparring hopes with either Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury, who he thinks is the better boxer of the two, and his meteoric rise to stardom. His career has blown up in recent weeks, but I think you'll hear just how much Johnny loved his time at Exeter. He'll certainly be one of the first in the MP Garden when the circumstances allow. Check it out. Afternoon, everyone. I hope you're all uh, having a great day so far. We are honoured to be joined by the Romford Bull double lively, Mr. Johnny Fisher, this Friday afternoon, who's taking the time out of his day just to reflect on reflect on uni, Exeter, uh, and talk to him about his, his boxing stuff too. Johnny, how you doing, mate?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, uh, Ben. Good to speak to you. Good to have a bit of uh, life and a bit of interaction with the uni because I've, I've missed it, having this year off from it, or my first year away from being at uni. So it's good to talk to you.
0: No, thank you, thank you. It's, it's it's such a pleasure to to hear from you and um, can see how how much Extra means to you from interviews and stuff and everything. You're very clear on um, how significant your time here was. So very grateful and thankful for that. And it's it's always great to to hear from you. So
1: no, thanks. We'll dive straight into the
0: question. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Go on.
1: Thanks for having me on. It's it's an, an honour to be on. So I'm really pleased to be on. So it's doing It's brilliant.
0: You're definitely uh, definitely in the A list of um, of people I've spoken to this year. I think you know,
1: Greg Cook hasn't
0: got much on you, to be honest.
1: Troy, well, doesn't, so. matter. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Everyone everyone's uh, got something to bring to the table. That's the main thing.
0: Certainly true. Certainly in uh, in extra sport, I think they they have anyway. But um, taking you start with the the, the boxing um, and just taking me back to how you started um, and, and how you first got into to boxing. Talk us through that and where your passion stemmed from.
1: Yeah, so I started boxing when I was six, seven years old, or maybe even before that. Ever since I was three, two, three years and could walk, I had a pair of boxing guys on, so it's always been something I've wanted to do. But I had a break when I was about 14, 15, was playing rugby more, doing my A-levels and GCSEs, then my A-levels, and it was basically for a broken hand injury I'd stopped for a little bit and was playing rugby instead. Played a bit of rugby at Exeter, I really enjoyed it. And then it was sort of second year, started boxing again, met some good people at the boxing club at Exeter Uni ABC. And from there, it's just one thing after the other, I got in with a good manager, I got him with sparring, some good guys, and we're now fighting on Matchroom and had my debut on Sky Sports. So it's just one thing after the other, just got to roll with it and see what happens.
0: It's been an unreal journey, but obviously had you had, um, had to sort of the experiences that helped shape you to be the fighter that you are now at Exeter. Talk us through the amateur career that you had and, and the fights you like Fight night at Exeter and all those experiences.
1: Yeah, so I, I didn't actually do fight night. So what we have done was with the EUABC, we have done uh, amateur boxing events. So um, I'd had three fights. No, I had two fights at Exeter and two at home and three of them were round one knockout. So I knew I had the power and I had the, the drive and the I was training correctly. And I just needed to take it to that next level. And I had the opportunity to turn professional. And if it wasn't for the, the groundwork I'd done at Exeter Uni with some great guys there, I wouldn't have been able to be where I am. So I'm really grateful. And it was really EUABC and Exeter Sport in general, rugby as well, that got me back interested in, in pursuing sport at a high level.
0: But well, I can imagine that those, those amateur fights were a world away from being in the bubble and that first professional fight. How was that experience of making your professional debut without fans? And do you think it actually played to your advantage? Because I think you, you you really looked calm and composed when you were, were in the ring. Do you think that helped to some extent?
1: Well, I'm going to love it when when supporters are now back because I've got some great support, and it'd be brilliant to have them in the in the uh, in the fight arena and stuff like that. But the bubble can be very tense, and if you're not careful, you can you can really it get on top of you and get the better of you. You've got to be mentally strong because you're walking around the same environment as your op- opponent. Everything's geared towards fight night because normally you could do fight week, you could go and do your weigh-ins and then you come home, you can relax and switch off. In that bubble, everything is geared towards fighting so you've got no mental rest. So you've got to be careful and you've got to, be to have good people around you and luckily I did. But when it came to fight night on the Saturday night, that was the most relaxed I've ever felt uh, in terms of a fight. So, I'm hoping that that shows that I can deal with that pressure of the, of the big stage on national TV and all around the world. So it's a good start. That's all it is, a good start. And we've got a lot more building to do. Well,
0: yeah, we know there is a you certainly had a big following that evening. And like you say, I'm sure once you once it's in person and, and you're boxing in front of crowds, you'll have as I keep on saying, the whole of Ethics and Exeter will be there for you. So so we're yeah. looking forward to that moment. I'm sure, I'm sure you're buzzing for that.
1: Yeah, that'll be a great mix of Essex boys and Exeter boys and girls coming down. It'll be a, it'll be a good thing to see in the crowd. How they, will interact with each other. But I'm looking forward to it. No doubt, no doubt, it's going to be good. I don't want to be
0: caught in the crossfire of that, um, but we'll, we'll bridge that when the time comes. Um, you talk about sort of good, having good people around you. Um, Tell us about the influence of Sam Jones and the relationship you have with him because it seems as though you two really get on well and and I can imagine the relationship you have with your manager is really important and has been a big part of making your kind of
1: professional career what it's been so far. Sam Sam Jones isn't just—he's my mate as well. He's one of my good friends now. But when we first, when I first got in contact with uh, Sam Jones, I just messaged him on Instagram saying, "Did Joe Joyce need any sparring?" And he let me come up and said, "Yeah, I'll give you a chance." And from there, we weren't even—we didn't even want to turn professional until about summer last year. So we weren't even in discussions. We were just mates, and he was giving me a good chance to further my own career, my own my own prospects. So. It's been like quite a natural organic relationship that's built up over time and we're just riding the wave and seeing seeing how far we can go and it seems to be getting better and better. So we've just got to keep pushing.
0: And I have to ask, because he's, he's one of those people I just I, I want to hear more information about. There's Sam Jones and then there's Eddie Hearn. <laughs> what was it like standing next to Do you feel the power radiating off of Eddie Hearn? Or is that, is that a myth that i constructed in my head?
1: No, it is. He's not, he's not, he's just not a normal bloke. He really is. When I've met him, I've only met him three or four times and in the bubble. And I think he likes the fact I'm from Romford and his boxing gym used to be in Romford and he's from, he's originally from Dagman, which is near me. So he's just like, I think he's got a good, uh, like a, a, an appeal to me in the fact that I'm I'm from the same sort of area he's from. And we've, we've gelled over that. We've we've only met each other a few times, but you can tell when he does interviews and stuff, he's excited by the fact there's a, a local boy from his, where he's from coming through.
0: Well I'm sure he is and he's got all the reasons to be to be proud of you. You've done a cracking job so far and the, the sky's the limit. But tell us about your the, the choice of song for your ring walk, because I, I imagine there are probably a few people watching who were quite surprised when you when you turned out to take me home. So <laughs> tell us about that.
1: Well, I'm a country music fan anyway, but when you're down in Exeter. Everyone, it's like the song that gets played at the end of most nights in Exeter or, or bottom of TP. everyone's singing Country Roads, aren't they? So it's a big song in Exeter and I had it for my my uh, fight down in Exeter, the first one I had for Varsity and there's about 500 people in there all chanting Country Roads, they all loved it. So I thought, "Ah, oh, I've got to stick with that now and I think I'm, I'm going to keep it moving forward because it's just everyone gets behind it and it, it reminds me of my journey when I was at Exeter as well. So I'm going to keep it.
0: I think that's a, that's a great reason to have. It. And yeah, it's certainly won a crowd pleaser, isn't it? Um, and I think, yeah, it's clearly a good luck charm so far. So why change it? Exactly that. And you've had messages from the likes of Lennox Lewis, Tyson Fury. Yeah. How much did they mean?
1: Oh, when I was it was on Fight Week, Tyson Fury sent me that message, uh, organised by for Sam Jones. And it was just like, I, I thought I was in a dream because he's the everweight champ. He's the number one. And to get to get a message like that I was just unbelievable. You can't let it go into your head or get too carried away, though. You've just got to, it's great um. to have that great message from him. And you've still got to get the job done. But it just shows the, the level of support I've got. And that could have really weighed down and, and pressured me and put a lot of pressure on me. But I didn't let it. And I just put it all to the back of my mind. And I know I've got to get a job done. And to have Lennox Lewis message me as well was my like, boxing idol was unbelievable.
0: And when, when you were getting those messages, I know you talked a bit about like, handling the pressure, but what did, did you, was there anything you did just to sort of compose yourself and, and, and calm, you, calm yourself down? Because I can imagine that week leading up to it, that the messages must have been flooding into your inbox. Sort of what were you doing just to keep a lid on your emotion at that point?
1: Well, it was was brilliant. I was really happy when Tyson, I was just laughing. Like like me, I was with my physio at the time. I was just laughing. Like, oh my God, what is going on? Like, unbelievable. But talking about the messages getting through, you get, it's great to have loads of messages through and people asking how you're feeling, what times to fight and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's great to have that. But if you're getting the hundreds and hundreds of them coming through, you can get, you can grate you a little bit. So what I did after the weigh-in, just completely switched my phone off, turned my social media off, deleted Instagram, deleted Twitter, Facebook, everything. So I could just focus. And it's the best thing I could have done because I just all it became was about me and the guy I was fighting and getting the job done on the Saturday night.
0: Absolutely. It's very sensible as well, I would say. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot, Johnny. Um, yes. If there was one message in the, in the lead up to the fight, one word of wisdom or bit of advice that stood out more than, than any other, it doesn't have to be Lewis or Fury, what would that, what would that piece of advice, who did it come from?
1: Well, it came from on the, on the Saturday in the morning, right? There's a guy called Richard Towers. I think he was a European heavyweight champion, really good boxer himself. And he trains a guy that like I've sparred before called Cash Alley. And he's been there, done it. And he's he's seen the journey that I've gone on. He's lived it. And he said to me, John, just remember when you go out there, just got to relax. And how many boys or, or women who have boxed on, on this stage before that you've boxed on? How many get to have that opportunity? Just enjoy it. The worst thing you can do and the worst thing you can do in your career is is worry and stress. You've done all the hard work, and now it's just time to express yourself. And that really lifted a big weight off my shoulders on that morning of the fight. And I think that really helped me relax. So I'm really grateful to Richard for giving me a little bit of advice. We was talking to fight for five ten minutes, and to hear it from someone who's been there and done it, it was great for me to hear just before.
0: Absolutely, and I can imagine it's everything's taken off since the fight, and and there's been interviews galore and, and you've had different things to attend to what's kind of been the most surreal or su- surprising thing that's come up since since the fight or, or person that's reached out to you
1: yeah uh, i think the, the way sky sports are getting behind me is really good because i met the guys in there and they, they, they they're really uh, kind and respectful and everything but they really took an interest in me which is great for my career moving forward They've done a really good article on me talking to my manager saying I hit as hard as Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, which is great to hear. I know that's a bit of hype, but it's all good press, which is brilliant. And they've they put me on their Instagram as a post to my knockout. So to have Sky Sports really backing you as well as Matchroom, it's great for me to uh, have that.
0: Well, yeah, all, all publicity is, is good publicity and you certainly deserve it after such a blockbuster performance to, yeah, to start good. off. It's a so- good start. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I can't imagine it's always been a smooth journey. So you spoke about that injury that stopped you about 14, 15. What's been the toughest hurdle that you've had to overcome so far in your journey?
1: I think it's not it's not one particular hurdle that I've had to come over, but it's my mentality that I've had to change. When you think, as an athlete, you think you've got to train 100%. I, I used to train like a madman, just train all the time, all the time. Loads of weights, loads of loads of heavy weights, but with from my rugby background that was mainly. But I sort of realised now, looking good and looking like a bodybuilder and, and pumping yourself up, that's not functional for the sport that I'm doing. You look at a lot of boxers; most of them have got that little bit of suppleness, and it's about boxing training. I was doing eighty percent weights and strength training and twenty percent boxing. Now I've changed it to 80 percent boxing and probably about ten percent strength uh strength related and the other stuff is just all my little physio bits and everything so I'm I'm thinking more like an athlete now i more like a boxer rather than someone trying to build himself up and that was the biggest hurdle for me at one stage I had a mental block to thinking when I've got to rest I don't I don't have to rest I've got to train solid the whole way through so that was the hurdle and I think I've finally overcome that and I've, I've matured in that sense
0: and was that did you realize and appreciate that yourself or was there someone who is it someone who pointed that out to you, who sort of guided you in, into changing your mindset? Or was that just something that you came across but well, on your own?
1: Well, my dad was always saying it to me. He was saying, Johnny, you're doing you're doing too many weights. You're doing too much strength training. My my good friend as well, my dad's best one, my, my dad's best mates, Jimmy, he was saying it as well. You're doing too many weights, too many weights. But then it wasn't really until I went to Mark Tibbs, my trainer. I used to train Billy and White, and trains Billy Joe Saunders at the minute. Just you listen to a man like that, you don't you don't question him because he's been there, done it, his dad's a legend as well. And I just fell into a professional boxing environment rather than a, a gym environment. I used to train really hard and it was more like weights and stuff like that. Now it's boxing, everything's boxing, running, skipping, bag work, pads, sparring. So I live in like a boxer now rather than someone who's just trying to wing it themselves, if you know what I mean.
0: Uh, I, I I can think I can visualize you in the Russell COVID. In centre, but in a, in a pre-COVID, well, before I knew you too well, there were times when I come into the gym, and I remember seeing you on that first treadmill in there, and it was yeah. honestly like the scene in Rocky Four, uh, and you were just going for it on the treadmill. And I was like, I'm going to stay away from this boat for as long as possible because <laughs> I don't really don't want to mess with it.
1: When you speak to me, I'm a nice guy, but I look like a bit of an utter calm down, but. Uh, just when you're in the zone you're in the zone but it is great the Russell Seal I really miss it because it's, it was great in that gym and you, don't, you can speak to all different people and that's one thing I miss about the university life is probably that Russell Seal gym because we've got some great facilities at Exeter haven't we
0: yeah we're very lucky very lucky and I'm struggling to to get back down to Exeter full stop gym or no gym um, it'll just be just be nice have you got you got any plans to, to come back down anytime soon
1: yeah, well, when the lockdown restrictions are lifted, maybe after my next fight, I can have a little, I'll go down there for a few days or something. But it, lockdown's put everything on hold because if it wasn't lockdown, I know I've still got to stick to my training, but there'll be a weekend where I could have come down and stuff like that. But as soon as I'm a, I can and I'm allowed, I'd, I'd love to go down there. Well,
0: welcome you back with open arms. Um, but on the sort of next fight, what is what is the next goal? And, and what where are you sort of looking short term to, to go with boxing career
1: so i spoke to my manager literally half hour ago Algo will sam and he's been speaking to eddie and we know i've got a long way to go on my journey and i've got to have a lot of learning fights and build my build my way up because i didn't have the longest amateur career got a long way to go but um we're looking to get me out regularly in that sense then to learn on the job so end of april may is the next the next fight date there's talks of fighting abroad as well in different different areas and different different places but we're looking to get out every couple of months, so I can I can be prepared and stay active and, and learn on the job.
0: Well, it's very exciting. I mean, look forward to yeah, next fight. That's really not too far away, right, yeah. Um, And yeah, please let us know when, <laughs> when you're fighting. I'm sure we'll we'll hear about it and, and look forward to yeah. cheering you on again. Um, but obviously, I know you've you're a you're a very humble guy and, and very loyal and, and proud of where you come from. Tell us about your commitments at home and how you've had to balance those around your career.
1: Yeah, so even when I was at university, I was I was going home every other weekend or nearly every weekend, so I was missing out on some of the university life. Even when in second year, when I was no, I didn't even know what I was going to be doing. I was just boxing for a bit of fun, but I always stayed dedicated. So I, was, I wasn't the most sociable housemate. I, was, I, I done as much as I could, but I wasn't down drinking late in the evenings and I was going to bed relatively early and it was hard, but I still had a great time at Exeter Uni ABC, especially because there's like, I didn't have to drink. A lot of people don't drink at that club, but you can still have a great time. I stayed at all Stars Sports Bar and we went to Timepiece for a little bit and then i come home. So I had a brilliant time, but I didn't get to go that, I didn't go completely all the way some of the times with Timepiece and everything, which would have been brilliant to do, but who knows, one day we can return and we might be able to have a, a bit more of a party.
0: Hopefully, hopefully come the summer, we'll, know, uh, <laughs> make up for lost time um but obviously it's been a, it's been a tough year for for a lot of people um and everyone's had their own strategies and ways of, of coping with um the, the events of the the last year yeah. is there one podcast or book Johnny, that you've picked up since lockdown that you would highly recommend that the people watching listening to this read and give it a go
1: yeah, um, I'm not really. I don't watch podcasts that much, to be honest with you. But I have been watching. I watched something recently on Sky. It was Bruno versus Tyson, and um, Frank Bruno is an example of a boxer who's might not be the most talented, but he works very, very hard, and he, he's very humble as well, and he gives his best at everything he does. So I think if you can carry that mentality through, especially in the situation we're in now, you get you work with the best of what you got, and you give. And you give you all, then there's no questions. There's nothing to there's nothing to worry about because if you give your best and you try the best you've got, then there's no regrets. And I think that's a lot you can learn from Frank Bruno. And he was one of the best in the world, but he's probably just off of that Mike Tyson level and Lennox Lewis level. So, there's someone I really look up to as well. So his attitude is is everything, and he trained really hard. And I think if you could bring that into any aspect of life with this sort of training method and everything. So listen to him, watch that. i I'd very very highly recommend that.
0: And just listening to you, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to maybe put you on the spot again and yes. ask you, Fury or Joshua?
1: Yeah, I get this question a lot. <laughs> awesome. This has become more of a difficult question in the last couple of weeks because both camps want me for sparring for both for when they, uh, when they fight. So it's going to be difficult. Don't, don't, you don't please, don't
0: let the extra sport be responsible for <laughs> screwing yeah. up your sparring oh, chances, right. Johnny.
1: I've always been a Tyson Fury fan and I always will be and I think he's the man to beat and I always say that but if he's not on his game Anthony Joshua is on that level as well I just think Fury's all-round ability probably shades him a little bit because he's just and he's beat the man he beat Pichco back in 2015 and he's beat Beyonce Wilder twice and in my opinion I know the first one was a draw but we all saw he won that but Joshua trains harder than anyone disciplined focused true champion so if Fury's not on his game I really can't see how it goes because I don't know what sort of Tyson Fury is going to turn up. I'm a Fury fan. I also have massive respect for Joshua. So I couldn't really call. If I was to call it, I'd say Fury, but just.
0: Well, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and yeah. see. I'm, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm good on you for answering that. I really would have taken offence <laughs> if you sat on the fence. <laughs> I
1: sit on the fence all the time. It's too difficult to sit on the fence too many times.
0: I'll uh, I'll let you sort that one out with uh, AJ privately. Might be a bit angry now. <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> and then la- last few questions, mate. Just just yeah. now reflecting on Exeter and away from the the boxing for for a moment. What yeah. is your favourite Exeter memory? I take it it's not a cheerleading Exeter Emeralds bring a boy event. Um,
1: yeah, well, but it may well, be. Yeah. We weren't the best at that, was we? Well, we, we were all right. We did our best, but I don't think we've got a career in cheerleading coming up. But um, no. But um, I, I think having my debut fight at Exeter was, brilliant, that was a brilliant night because I had my family come down and a lot of family and friends and all the rugby boys were out supporting me as well. And that's when I thought we really got the bug for, yeah, this is what I want to do with my life now. I want to give boxing a good gun. So that was a brilliant memory, but I've got so many good memories playing rugby, going to all these different places over Wales and the West Country with with the boys. Great memories, great memories training in the UABC. Just everything about uni life. I think the first year, and then it got better every year. Second year, then third year. It was just I've met some great people, and I'm I'm really grateful for the people that I've met.
0: It is a special, special place. I think you can only start to appreciate that once you take a step back and you're not there so much and you're not surrounded by those people. Like just walking through the gym and the amount of people you, you socialise with there. It's, you can miss it, can't you?
1: You take it for granted. You do take it for granted when you're there. Especially me. I had a very, very short last year because I, I went to Vegas to train with Joe Joyce. And before that, I was going back every other weekend to train. So you do really take it for granted. You think you've got loads of time. So my advice to anyone who's there, you just got to throw yourself involved and get involved in uni because it will it flies by, flies by.
0: Wise words, wise words. And do you do you have a do you have a favorite year at uni? Is there one that, that stands out? I mean, probably the final year, maybe not so, or maybe it was because of Vegas. I don't know.
1: The final year was great, but looking back and thinking about this question, I think second year was was the best year because that was like when everything was changing. I was playing rugby still, so I was still doing that. And then the boxing was just taking off, and we, there was no pressure with it. I was just enjoying it, and we was getting more and more of a buzz around the boxing. And I really, I, I had a full year there. Do you know what I mean? When I was at, in third year, I missed out, and we all missed out on the last little bit of summer and everything. So that's one thing I do regret. I've still got my tickets here, actually, to exit a garden, exit a garden ball. I'm waiting for that to come back on and the garden ball and my hijack ticket. So I'm waiting to get back, but um, I can't wait. Can't wait. No,
0: yeah, I, I think we're all. So anticipating those events greatly and just and just can't wait for a That's chance great. to see each other, hug each other again, it will be yeah. it will be a great day. Um yeah. But I, I think this is a this is an important question to to ask you. If if you were to give a piece of advice to someone who was about to embark on their extra journey. They just finished their A-levels, had a pretty tough two year, last two years at school with, with all of those end of school events and, and A-levels not happening because of the pandemic. What would you say to that individual about to go to Exeter and have
1: yeah. an incredible three years? Well, one of my assistant trainers, Steve Andrews, said said a good thing about me, really, which has helped help me... Uh, become get to where I am and I've got a long way to go but you said you say yes to a lot of things like opportunities and I think that's a good piece of advice people sorry Ben lost you there can you hear me that's all right mate yeah yeah, we got you back sorry someone was ringing me that's all Tom Skinner you know Tom Skinner was ringing me (laughs) but um yeah my piece of advice for exit students would be if you've got opportunities especially after everything has happened You've got to say yes, and that's how you get on in life. You say yes to people, and you give something a go, and you never know what you where you're going to end up. So, when you when you're out and about, and you see people on Forum Hill, and they ask you about if you want to do this in Freshers Week and everything, say yes. And then if you don't like it, you don't like it. But if you never try it, you'll never know.
0: I think everyone will be so willing to throw themselves into into yeah. after this yeah. year as well. So just make the most of it. There are so many opportunities to extra in particular to get involved in. Don't don't let them pass you by. I'm sure you'd agree with that.
1: Yeah, 100%. Don't let anything pass you by. First year, second year, third year. Throw yourself into everything. Try something different every year and you'll find out what you want eventually.
0: Perfect. Well... Final question, mate, and I know we need to to let you go because you've got Tom Skinner to attend to, and I'm sure Anthony Joshua has already sent you a few uh, aggressive messages as well. So um, (laughs) you've been invited, Johnny, to to your own Green Army Last Supper, and you can invite five dinner guests, dead or alive, fact or fiction, to join you for this one-off event. And you've also got to choose a destination in Exeter to hold your event I'll hand over to you
1: right that is a difficult question very difficult but I'm going to answer it I thought about the venue and I think it would have to be the cozy club because I had some great Christmas dinners there with the boxing club I think that's got to be the venue and then we go to timepiece after that if we wanted to but obviously we am going to have my idol there Lennox Lewis he's going to be there um, Muhammad Ali the greatest ever I feel I've I thought about this and I thought I've got to have like a historical figure there and I think it'd be good to talk talk about Elizabeth the first and what she done in the in in the uh, with the Spanish Armada and things like that. I think that'd be interesting. I'm um, struggling on the last two. I think I'd have one of the Exeter Chiefs rugby boys there, because they've got a few stories <clears throat> to tell. Either Jack Noel or Henry Slade, someone like that. Um and I've got to have someone to lighten it all up. So I might bring my mate Tom Skinner along with me as well. <laughs> Keep it a bit light. Could get a bit heavy that table, couldn't it? <laughs>
0: Well, you've got a nice mix. I'm interested to see how Elizabeth I is going to fit alongside Lennox Lewis, Matt Hartley, and Harold yeah, Blake.
1: Yeah. And then Tom Skill trying to sell people some mattresses and pillows along with it.
0: <laughs> I'd love to be a fly on the wall at, 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 at that that event, that's for sure. Um, but... Johnny, that, that rounds up the, the, the questions that I've, I've got for you today. I just want to reiterate how thankful I am for you taking the time to join us. And also just to say, um, I'm sure I speak on behalf of everyone, how much of a credit you've been to the university, to extra Sport, to boxing, to rugby. Always conduct yourself with the utmost respect in interviews. Everyone that you've you've come across and we've sort of seen you within the public eye, you've always been true to yourself and been been who you are and always been polite and and respectful and just so welcoming. So keep on doing what you're doing, mate. And we're we're so proud of you and look forward to seeing where the future takes
1: you. And thanks very much for that. And that's very true. Look, I'll keep trying my best to represent the university as best I can. And I'll never have an ego or anything like that. And I've got a long way to go. And uh, I'm just staying true to myself and seeing how how far I can go. And that's what I'll keep saying to people. And hopefully people can resonate with that message. Top stuff. We'll leave it
0: there. Thank you, mate.
1: Thanks a lot, Ben. I'll speak to you soon, mate. Hopefully see you soon. Cheers, guys.